Welcome to The Less You Know, The Better, the podcast where each week we look at something that has caught our interest. That can range anywhere from the historical importance of the Mosin-Nagant to the 80s sensation Adam Ant. Woohoo! So today's topic, Evil Knievel. We're here with our host, Janine. Hello. And my name is Brett. I am the co-host. Janine, take us away. Welcome, everybody, to the second episode of The Less You Know, The Better. Like Brett said, today's uh, topic is going to be Evil Knievel. So let's get started. Uh, This guy has a quite interesting life story, so we're going to pare it down to 30 minutes and hopefully give you a little bit of uh, entertainment and humor for your day. Uh, So, Evil Knievel, born October 17th, 1938 in Butte, Montana. Butte, Montana. Yeah, the booming metropolis of Butte. (laughs) Also the home of the Berkeley Pit, the biggest environmental disaster in the history of the U.S. Anyway, look it up, it's great. Um, So, born in October 17th, 1938 makes him a Libra. Um, which I looked up the horoscope for that, and it literally says he's extroverted and introverted. Okay. Strategic and spontaneous. That doesn't contradict at all. Focused and intuitive. All right. This guy is all over the map. Absolutely. Like, literally. Later, we'll find out. (laughs) (laughs) Also, for the birthday horoscope of October 17th, it predicts that some of the people born on October 17th don't seem to learn from their mistakes, which is... Absolutely. That one tracks. Spot on for this guy. Uh, Evil Knievel is also the guy that Johnny Carson referred to as the only guy to make a living trying to kill himself. And the guy my dad, my dad, (laughs) referred to as a fucking new dog, which is probably the worst insult my dad would give to somebody. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's that's significant. Yeah, so basically evil Knievel's a hot mess um we're gonna see he was also a bit of a rebel so let's see what we can find out about him um what do you got brett all right well uh you know the, the first thing that i noticed when i uh looked up evil Knievel on wikipedia that's ever flowing <laughs> font of knowledge right um one of the first thing that i found is that he's described as a man who made uh more than 75 ramp to ramp jump attempts attempts and that's a key word um, because yeah, what I also found as I read further is that he landed uh, nearly nothing. Nearly nothing. Yeah, nearly he was nothing. he was mostly famous for crashing. Oh, for yeah, absolutely. And I mean that to make a career out of that is pretty significant, right? It's it's not it's not <laughs> nothing. Uh, so so like you said, he was born in Butte, Montana, uh, and his first job out there was in a copper mine. Which they're all over in Butte, Montana. That's what Butte is known for. Absolutely. Copper mine. Everybody worked in the copper mines. Absolutely. He dropped out of high school to work in a copper mine. He did. He did. Uh, so, so he works in the copper mine, right? So he's, he's there for a little while and he rather quickly gets promoted to what is referred to as surface duty, uh, in which he is, in which he is, uh, tasked with driving an earth mover. Uh, and so he's driving this earth mover and he has the genius idea. Hey, I bet I can make this do a wheelie. And he does. Um, and he does it. He pulls it off. He does. Well, I mean, kind of. Kind of. Kind of. It's another attempt. It's another attempt. Yeah. So he pulls a wheelie. He crashes this thing into a power line. And kills Butte's power for several hours to the whole city. <laughs> what what the hell would Butte do without power? Oh, I know, right? It There's is, nothing to do there as it is. I was it's slightly less interesting. You knocked than it out is their TV. Power. Holy shit! Oh. <laughs> what are they going to do? <laughs> so after so after his uh, after his copper mine extravaganza, um, he, uh, he he decided, hey, you know what I should do in Butte? I should play hockey. Well, yeah, why not? I mean, that's a logical jump. What else are you going to do? Copper mine right into hockey. Perfect. I like it. I, that's that. That's the classic copper mine to NHL pipeline yeah, that people talk exactly. about. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's a definite oh, definite yeah. connection there. Uh, so he starts his hockey team. This is in the late 50s. He starts his hockey team, uh, and they're, they're called the Butte Bombers. 
<laughs> which was very significant to how their scores went. Right. That was very, that was prophetic. <laughs> Uh, so they're called the Butte Bombers, and he manages somehow, and we're going to look into this more uh, as to the somehow he sets up X, Y thing. Um, he somehow sets up uh, an international game with the Czech Olympic hockey team. Right. And uh, so, but but he is a very charismatic guy. Absolutely. So this is the first thing we see about him being charismatic, where he talks them into coming to Butte. Right. And playing right. against Talk, the talks, bombers. <laughs> talks people into these insane situations that make no sense for them to be there. I um, bet there was no language problem there. I'm, I'm sure, sure they fully understood they were coming to Butte, Montana. They're coming to Butte, Montana. <laughs> right. So so uh, they're playing this hockey game. Knievel was a player on the team. Um, he gets ejected in the beginning of the third period. Which for his... you non-hockey people, that's the last period of the game. So he made it all the way to the last period of the game. And gets ejected from his own exhibition match. <laughs> Good plan. Right. So naturally the hockey thing falls through. If I remember correctly, he uh, he bailed on paying the, the checks or something like this. And the, actually the, the United States had to front the money to avoid. I heard a rumor incident. that he actually stole the, the m- money or receipts or something on the way out after they ejected him. That's fantastic. That's how nothing got paid because he took it all on the way out while they were still playing. Oh, that's great. And then the final score of this game, also for you non-hockey people, this is a ridiculous score. Uh, the Bombers lost 22 to 3. <laughs> oh, that's a pretty close game. Right. Yeah, okay. Right. Hockey games don't, I mean, if they're good good matched up hockey games, they don't go over like five or seven goals, maybe. Oh, at, at most. 22 goals they scored on the Bombers? I'd say that was a bomb. That was a bomb. <laughs> that was a total bomb. That was a bomb. <laughs> All right, so after his after his shenanigans in uh, in, in ice hockey and copper mining, right. he went to the, to the next logical step uh, in anyone's career, which is, of course, to, to sell insurance. Right. Right. Well, I mean, again, here comes that charismatic thing. Right. This guy could sell ice to an Eskimo. Absolutely. He probably did. He sold a hockey game to a bunch of Czech people in Butte, Montana. That's pretty close. You know. Right. Paul Hart. So he sold sold insurance. He was very, very successful. Um, He got really great numbers through some questionably ethical (laughs) behavior. (laughs) Questionable ethics. Questionable ethics. So anyway. Used car salesman insurance. Absolutely. Yes. in particular, it's noted that he went to some kind of a medical facility. It was the mental health. Yeah, facility. it was the yeah, it was the uh, I well they used to call it the crazy hospital in Galen, right. Montana. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and sold the patients there uh, insurance policies, which I feel like there's probably <laughs> a law about that. <laughs> there probably wasn't then. Probably not. I, I doubt it very probably, much then. Probably wrote it because of this guy. They were probably just happy that somebody was coming in to visit all these crazy people. That's true. Because nobody ever visited. That's true. So he sold insurance. He was very successful at it, uh, sort of. I'm guessing he stole their Jello too while he was there. Probably, and the receipts. Yeah, you know. Uh, so he he's doing this for about four or five months, and he goes back to his company. And he says, "Hey, listen, I have great numbers. I have great sales figures. I want you to make me the vice president." And they say, "Wow, right, right, shooting high, shooting high." And they and they go, which later he will shoot high, but not land <laughs> not other land. things also. <laughs> So he asks for this massive promotion from, you know, grunt salesman <laughs> up to VP. Right. And, and they go, uh, no. Um, I don't think so. <laughs> and so he leaves. And so he leaves. So he leaves. So what's the next, what's the next step in the progression of evil Knievels? Now we're moving on to what? Well, now we get into being an actual used car Being salesman. an actual used car mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So he, he goes used, to work used in. Used equipment. What, right, yeah. right, right. So he, he moves his family to Moses Lake. Yes. Washington, which is, if anybody knows, that is the oasis of Washington. Not. <laughs> it's a complete 
crap hole. There's sorry, a, sorry to the people of Moses Lake. They're, they're very enthusiastic about amphetamines <laughs> there. I've heard. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely true. <laughs> and the lake, the lake is oh, is wow. it a, is it a lake though? It it's more like um, a lot of algae. Or it's very a, green and smelly. More of a very broad drainage ditch. Yeah, really. yeah, um, it definitely is. Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, he moves his family to Moses Lake. Um, starts a Honda dealership. Starts a Honda dealership, and this is where uh, we transition from just car salesman sort of charisma. We kind of evolve from that into being an entertainer, into being a showman. Right. Um, this is where he gets the, the grand idea that, hey, you know what's going to get people to come in and buy from Honda's line of tough yet wonderful products? Right. Uh, is if I jump over a box full of dangerous animals... Right, death-defying stunts. Mm -hmm. This defines him. This mm -hmm. is where he takes the turn into death-defying stunts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So which, how does he defy death? How on does he defy? First one? That's a great question. Uh, and the, the basic answer is he probably calls up his buddy back in Butte, Montana, and goes, hey, I have a big box I want to jump a motorcycle over, and I need some dangerous stuff to put in there. Can you <laughs> some get something? dangerous shit to put in this box. <laughs> I need some dangerous shit for my What do box. you got, Bob? <laughs> uh, right, and Bob goes, well, I don't know, I got some rattlesnakes on the porch, and he goes, perfect. Awesome, yep. I'm in. Yep, so he takes these So he takes these rattlesnakes. Um, they refrigerate them to move them over. Right. Um, they, they thaw them To out. calm them down. To calm them down, right. On the move. Um, so they, <clears> they, they thaw these rattlesnakes, and they go, you know what? This could be even more dangerous. What else do we have? And somebody goes out and wrangles up a couple of mountain lions and they throw them in there too. Right. So, so they tether the mountain lions next right. to the snakes and now we're going to jump over this. Right. We're going to jump over a box of rattlesnakes and mountain lions. I think the, the two boxes are separate. I mean, he didn't just throw like, right, the, right. the cats in with the Wouldn't snakes. Wouldn't that be awesome? I don't think so. <laughs> like, he's jumping a motorcycle <laughs> over a box full of cougars and snakes that are fighting. That are currently fighting. And then oh he doesn't land it and he lands in the middle and it's just mayhem and chaos. That sounds like a... Covered in snakes and cougars. It sounds like a, sounds like an SNL sketch. I sounds like a that. disaster. It does. It but does. I bet he'd sell motorcycles. He probably would. Well, anyway, he almost <laughs> lands this one. Almost. Almost. <laughs> um, his back his back tire catches the, the rattlesnake box, tips it over. Uh, it's complete bedlam. Uh, um, of course, uh, I guess they have an assistant go and catch the rattlesnakes. And there were people running around trying to catch snakes, covering mm -hmm. their children's eyes. Oh, probably. Don't, don't look at the. Carnage. Probably. Well, I mean, this, this guy is not investing in safety equipment. So you you got to figure, you know, he probably talks to the assistant and he's like, hey, uh, here are some gloves. Right. <laughs> Don't I mean, it. what you will find through all of this is that I, I firmly believe that his motto was safety third. Oh, absolutely. It, because even, it was, he was more about the showmanship that he talking people into letting him do these things. Yes. And making sure it was broadcast somewhere. Mm -hmm. And these things that he is not qualified to he's do. Not, he was not not but how do you get trained to be a stunt person? I, I guess... I guess this is how you do this it. This is how you do it. You just do it and hope you don't die. You, you keep doing it. Which is exactly die, what he did. Yeah. Uh, so so his next uh, his next big uh, events where he, he really embraces this this showmanship thing. Um, he Just a couple of quick bullet points here. He was seriously injured for the first time in Missoula, Montana in 1966. Another booming metropolis. Another one. Uh, <laughs> New York, London, Missoula. Right. Right. Uh, uh, he was attempting to jump over 12 cars in a panel van. Didn't make it. Uh, Probably said free candy on the side. Right. There were then two uh, serious crashes in Graham, Washington in 1967, about a month apart. Literally never even heard of that town. I've lived in Washington all my life. Right? Yeah, I don't know. So that must be an exciting booming must metropolis be a also. town as well, right. Missoula, Paris, London, Graham. Graham. <laughs> and then at some point he's in Las Vegas. 
and he he's he's at Caesar's Palace and he sees the fountain and he goes, I am gonna jump that fountain. Which is huge. It's gargantuan. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's it's very huge. It's very significant. <laughs> um i'm gonna jump that fountain so how so how how does he convince the owner of caesar's palace to allow him to jump this fountain? Oh, well i'm guessing he used his charismatic talking skills you would be correct <laughs> insurance uh, salesman game on here we go he has three of his buddies call up the owner of the uh, uh of caesar's uh, and pretend to be lawyers who represent evil knievel enterprises which he makes up it's not a real thing. right not even a company not even a real thing um, He's a really good BSer. He is fantastic. That's why my dad referred to him as a doodah. As a doodah, indeed. <laughs> a fucking doodah. That's a technical term. That's a technical term. Um, so he, he has his buddies call up the, the owner and go, hey, we represent Evil Knievel Enterprises. We would love to film a special in front of your in front of your building. Uh, that doesn't quite work. So then Evil Knievel calls uh, the, the owner of this place directly and pretends to be from ABC. <laughs> Which he's not. and uh, he... Which, well, because ABC's Wide World of Sports was huge at that time. Yes. That was what all of us kids sat in front of the TV and watched all the time. And there was no such thing as motocross sports or stunt riding. So he was now he's going to try to put this on the map. Right, right. He's, he's trailblazing. Um, and uh, so, so, yeah, so he decides, all right, um, I'm going to call this guy, pretend to be from ABC. That, that works, and he, he I think he puts in another call pretending to be from Sports Illustrated. Same kind of deal. <laughs> yeah, and but when he made that call, or one of them, he mispronounced his own name on purpose. He pretended like he wasn't quite sure who he was calling about. It was Evil Neville or something. Okay, so you know that, and that is <laughs> that is such a master class in deception. Isn't that right awesome? There. Oh, it's so skeevy. Like, right there. <laughs> you may not admire him for his lack of stunt writing skills, but this guy could talk some shit. Oh, absolutely. Like, he had that game going. He, he knew what was going on there. Yeah. So he convinces the owner of Caesars to let him jump the fountain. <laughs> and I, I, I actually did a little bit of research into this, and it's quite a story. He apparently does a shot of whiskey at the bar. Um, oh, well, why not? I mean. Which is some, some kind of old, old, <laughs> old Tom whiskey or something like this. Oh, God. Right? Does really high-end shit. Some, some garbage well drink. Right, gut crap. Puts his last $100 on a bet on blackjack, which he loses. Well, why not? Uh, and then walks out to his motorcycle and decides that he's going to do the jump now. I mean, the guy the guy is, is effectively going, you know what? I might die. I better get some whiskey in before I go. I better, yeah. Just one more shot of that old Tom Rotgut. Whatever this it's is. Probably old crow. Old, yeah, Which right. is like the worst. <laughs> like, ooh, this is delicious. Technic I'm going to go jump a motorcycle. That's, a, that's logical. Technically whiskey. That's yeah. logical. Yeah. So, of course, he, he makes this jump, and it's it's televised, uh, or well, it's recorded, I guess. It's not televised yet. Right, right. So it's, it's recorded, um, and he makes this, this flying leap, and he does not even come close to making it. Right. Not even remotely close. He goes completely over the handlebars. He ends up with a crushed pelvis, a shattered femur. He is wrecked. <laughs> That's going to leave a mark. <laughs> it is. And now the irony of this is that he had spoken to ABC before, and they had said... Yeah, you know, we're not really sure if we want, if we're interested in this. Well, they sent him the tape of him crashing, and they went, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's on. Put that, we're put playing that, that now. Interrupt the news. Absolutely. Dan Rather, be quiet. We're going to play this tape now. We're going to show you a man <laughs> dying. Uh, they're all over that. So this is what really launches Evil Can Evil into, into the public eye. Right. 
that gave him his fame, not as a stunt person so much, but as a crasher. As a spectacle, for he sure. He was a crasher. He was a crasher. He was probably involved with <laughs> in the Soviet flingers somehow. Oh my God, he must have been. Right? I was just going to say, like, it was like last week's episode about the moon landing. It was like one small step for mankind or however it went, right. you know? But for him, it was just one giant crash for everybody's entertainment. Yes, <laughs> I don't know. One like, giant fireball that was he, once me. <laughs> he freaking stuck to that really well. Oh, he did. Because yes, there was literally, like, very few landings mm-hmm, in this, mm-hmm. you know. He was very, very arrogant. Remarkable. Very, very confident. Mm-hmm. Had, you know, a lot of actually not bad ideas for making a spectacle. Oh no, they, they, he was a great showman. He had. He the, was a great. He showman. had the, the 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 stupid suit. The suit. Right? The suits were magnificent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But his arrogance makes me think of Kanye West. Absolutely. I'm like he's like so. <laughs> I thought of Evil Knievel as the Kanye West of the 60s and 70s, except with better landings. Absolutely. He's on a Kanye quest to do his Kanye best. <laughs> the Kanye quest to do his Kanye best. <laughs> oh, my God. Absolutely. Oh. Yeah, you know, and the, the showmanship thing, that's that's really not to be overlooked. I mean, uh, when I when we first started doing research for this episode, I vaguely knew who Evil Knievel was. And all I really had was an image of a guy with a motorcycle and a stupid white suit and a cape. Right. And so like, but my experience with Evil Knievel was that we weren't allowed to like him and we weren't allowed to watch him because my dad, as previously mentioned, referred to him as a fucking doodah. Right. Also referred to him as a phony shit. Right. And didn't like anything about Evil Knievel. To this day, I don't know why. (laughs) That is quite a string of accolades. But my brother and I were at the age where we, you know, we were um, able to watch it on TV and we wanted to, but that was not allowed because right. my dad was like, nobody's going to watch a fucking dude on. <laughs> nobody's watching this jerk. Yeah. Nobody's watching this guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so that's, that's his, that's his main, his big thing that he's known for is trying to jump the, the fountain in front of Caesar's palace. Right. Um, it was crash-tacular. It was crash-tacular. And he makes an entire career off of this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's doing he's doing jumps all over the place. There's one point where I think he jumps sharks, literally jumps over oh, yeah. sharks. Oh, yeah, he jumped a tank of sharks. Mm-hmm. Um, he also even went to England. He did international. He went to did London, he? jumped a bunch of buses at Wembley Stadium. Really? Crashed. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty I, far for the course. I think you saw that coming, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not shocked. And really. then he crashed. <laughs> Um, well, the next, the next big one that he did, he decided he was going to jump the Grand Canyon. And Jeez, that's lofty. That's fairly significant. That's like what? 20, it's 18 miles across. Is it really? 18 miles. How do you, how do you jump 18 miles? You'd have to get a running start probably. Or maybe rocket power. Or maybe rocket power. Maybe rocket power. (laughs) I'm just saying. Well, he thinks he's going to jump the Grand Canyon, and Uncle Sam says, no, you're not. Uh, the government will absolutely not clear him airspace above the They're Grand such Canyon. a buzzkill, right? those government people. The worst. So what if I want to jump my motorcycle 18 miles? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Said every stoner ever. Right. So the U.S. government says, no, we're not letting you do that. That's stupid. You're stupid. Go home. Yeah, uh, and, and so he does go home. He goes home uh, to Butte, Montana. And while he's flying to Butte, Montana, he looks out the window, and he sees the Snake River Canyon. Yes. Which is like the Grand Canyon, but quite a bit smaller. It's like the canyon, but it's tinier. Very, very little. It's very tinier. Very little. (laughs) So the Snake River Canyon is in southern Idaho. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Snake River goes through it. And um, so the Snake River Canyon is 18 times tinier (laughs) than the Grand Canyon because it's only a mile across. Right. And I say only a mile, but think about that's like... 5,300 feet. Yeah, it's, what, 5,280-something? Yeah. Yes. One mile. How do you jump a mile? Well, 
as previously mentioned, you get, you get involved with rocket engines. You get a fucking rocket. That's, that's, what, that's you do. what you do. And if you can't buy one, you do what? You fucking build one. Right. You, stra- you strap some <laughs> engines to your motorcycle. You cross your fingers. Probably do a shot of Old Tom whiskey. <laughs> and hope for the best. I would hope a few of them. Oh, probably more than one. I need a shot just to watch the footage of this at oh, this yeah. point. Because oh, yeah. it is terrifying. But yeah, so he, he builds his... He builds his what he calls his sky cycle. Sky cycle. So interesting little piece of information. I've actually seen the sky cycle. I've actually touched the sky cycle. Oh. Yeah, I know. All the all the exciting, you know, exotic things I've done in my life, right? Um, so he builds this sky cycle. He takes his motorcycle. He puts two rocket engines on it that were steam powered, actually. They were steam powered. Steam powered. That I'm seems not silly. exactly sure how this all works shoveling, technically. Shoveling coal into <laughs> yeah. the engines as he goes. Yeah, a little guy in the back shoveling some coal. It was all good, you know. <laughs> Go faster. And, um, he has, and he built like a, a rocket shell around it and right. called it the Sky Cycle. Right. And I, I'm confident that this rocket shell is not actually built for aerodynamics so much as it's oh, just built hell no. to look neat. Yeah, it just yeah. looked neat. It was painted all red, white, and blue. Like right. he did his suits. He was very Americana right. themed. Right. Um, he's yeah. like he's like Thomas Kincaid, but with more drugs. Right, yeah. exactly. Or old crow, or old or Tom, old crow, old whatever, Tom whatever, whatever it was. Whiskey. Yeah, the bottom of the barrel shit. Five dollars. <laughs> um, Five dollars for a handle. Oh boy. So yeah. you know, as he did with some some of his other stunts, I don't think he always tested them out, but he did test the sky cycle did out he? prior okay. to, um, and the tests sky cycle went unmanned they were just seeing if they could get it over the canyon okay it didn't make it oh good that's it, a good sign it failed mid-air caught on fire oh <laughs> plummeted <laughs> 400 or well, 700 we, feet or whatever it we is we really do have some similarity to the soviet uh right, program here. right yeah, yeah. a fling and a miss once fling again <laughs> but he uh he looked at that and thought yep i can do it why? why? All, all it needs is a little more Knievel. <laughs> See, that would have worked if if Knievel had been involved. If right. Knievel had been in it, because he has the the power of Knievel. We need to need to include some secret vitamin K. It's vitamin K. We're gonna make this rocket fucking fly. We're gonna make it work. So it um so it doesn't. Work. It doesn't. It does not work. Uh, as it turns out, evil Knievel goes soaring out over the Snake River Canyon. Uh, passes out midway through, as uh, the rumor goes. As the rumor goes, releases the, uh, the the dead man switch handle, which then releases the parachute, and he drifts gently, but probably still fairly concerningly towards right, right down into the canyon. Yeah, so did not make it across any canyons, grand or otherwise. Did not make it. So anyway, then you know, and that, but he he gained a lot of followers on that one. I believe I read somewhere that two million people watched that. Right, it's kind of kind of failing up, right? Right, right. So, you know, it worked out for him because he made millions of dollars. Right. I mean, this he became so super famous; it was insane at that time. Um, and then we move on to his later career, um, and they started. Uh, doing things like, well, maybe he might have even been already retired when they started doing this. But in Butte, Montana, they do a thing called Evil Knievel Days. Do they really? Or they used to, anyway. I, okay. I don't think okay. they do it anymore. I did go to Evil Knievel Days once okay. in Butte, Montana, and it is a crazy fucking party. They have stunt riders. They put piles of dirt out in the streets, close off all the streets. They have bands playing. They have stunt riders doing motorcycle stunts. They had the Flying Walendas. The tightrope walkers walking tightropes across the buildings. Because of course they do. Well, yeah. And then up on the hill, there was a giant blow-up beer can. I believe it was a Miller Miller Lite can. Of course it is. And I guess the rumor is that they had to end the Evil Knievel Day's lack of funding. 
Somebody stole the fucking beer can, the blow up beer can. How do you steal a giant beer? And what do you <laughs> what do with it? Right? How do you steal that? I you know? don't know. Like, do you, do you, do you then use it for an evil Knievel esque How do you, yeah. How fill do you it with helium it? and fly it across the US? We're going across Snake River Canyon. Oops, <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that, that happened. And then, of course, sadly, evil Knievel um, passed away in 2007. But his legacy lives on through his children. It does. Mm -hmm. um he's got robbie knievel was his named successor mm -hmm. um his son robbie um goes by captain knievel with a k now is that is he does he have a nautical unlimited tonnage license i don't think he does <laughs> i don't think so um his latest he did a lot of stunts with his dad back in the day when really? he was like a teenager he did do some stunts oh, with see, him. see you said you said as a kid and i was thinking like evil knievel just with like a like a baby carrier Right. Jumping. <laughs> Strap it on the back of the motorcycle right? or on the sky cycle. It's ballast. Yeah, it yeah. works. Yeah. So, um, but the latest thing I saw was Captain Robbie Knievel. There's a movie out that came out last year called Knievel's Quest, Bigfoot. No. Now he's searching for Bigfoot, which just no. cracks me up. I didn't watch it because it costs money and I'm, I'm cheap. But, but it's on Prime if anybody wants to watch it. That's fantastic. Um, I, his, I know what I'm watching this weekend. His other son, Kelly Knievel, started a restaurant last year in Vegas on Fremont Street called Evil Pie. What? Yeah, they serve pizza. What a stupid name. It's kind of weird. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of put off by it a little bit. But I, say, I don't, I don't want to buy anything. If Evil you look pie. up the website on it, it goes, live fast, ride hard, eat pizza. Like, are you kidding me right uh, now? <laughs> that's, that's what you could come up with. I think that's going to go down like the sky cycle. I feel like it is. <laughs> but I, I'll have to try it once. I don't think they hired a marketing firm for that No, one. no. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's our Evil Knievel. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, oh, one one last thing we got to throw in. What what did Evil Knievel make it into the Guinness Book of World Records for? Which jump or what thing? Oh, this is, this is a great one. This is a great <laughs> one. Evil Knievel is in the Guinness Book of World Records for the most bones fractured by any human being. Now, now take a, take a guess how many we're talking about here. Oh it's my three what do we, have? we have 206 bones in our body, right? Right, right. I'm going to say 206. 206. 433 separate fractures. What the fractures. hell? Mm -hmm. This guy, he might as well have invested in cast companies. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. If he, if he had just Maybe been... he did. Well, you know, there's that. Uh, <laughs> Evil Knievel, now, now, to be fair, Evil Knievel himself claimed that he had only broken 35 bones, but what he considers a fracture, what medical science considers a fracture, may be different. So. Well, he also said he was in a coma for 29 days after the Caesar's jump, and we know that's not true now. Right, that, that turns out to have not He was a very good run. showman. He was great at that. Yeah. Great yeah, at that. Yeah. I would I would have bought a Honda motorcycle from him in a heartbeat. No kidding, right? <laughs> All right. Well, that's our show for today, folks. Thanks for stopping by. We hope you enjoyed it. Hope you got a little chuckle out of it. Maybe learned something you didn't know about the old evil Knievel. So uh, till next time. <laughs>